to OMF on EDI. Hi, back here on OMF. Nick Fitzy Stevens filling in today for Christian Fourier. Get back to the Bruins because it is a big game for first round. Stanley Cup playoffs tonight over at the uh, TD Garden. Uh, joining us live right now on the Harbor One Hotline is Linda Cohn of ESPN, Mad Dog Sports Radio, and a lot of other things. Hello, Linda. Hey, thanks for having me. Pumped up for tonight's game. Wish I was going to be there. Part of the, what, 25% capacity at <laughs> the Garden or whatever it is? Yeah, we're not, we're not letting a lot of people in In a few weeks. Yet. In a few weeks, yeah. maybe we're going 100. Couple, another 10 days. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Do it. Make yeah. it happen. We're a little slow here in Massachusetts, Linda. You know, it's a little <laughs> different. Yeah. So let me ask you, as a former goaltender, uh, and looking yes. at Samsonov and the huge yes. mistake he made the other night, because I thought he was terrific in that game. That one mistake was an absolute killer. Is the game all on him tonight in that he got called out by Ovechkin at the end of the game? Everybody saw it. Some people apparently heard it. And what his confidence level is in this game here tonight? Well, first of all, let's get back to that point. If it wasn't for Ilya Samsonov, Alex Ovechkin of the Capitals wouldn't have made it to double overtime. Of his 40 saves, 17 of them were in that first overtime when he stood on his head. And maybe I'm a little biased being a former goaltender that I am, but it wasn't all on him. I'm sorry. I'm like Coach Peter Laviolette, who did say the right things. It was a bit of miscommunication between Justin Schultz and Samsonov. The reaction by Ovechkin, listen, I love passion, and nobody wants to win more than Alex Ovechkin. Right. I mean, you know, we see this happen in other sports, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you name it, whatever the heck it is, they can call out their teammates. But usually it's during the game. Right. I don't think, it, you know, to have this happen at the end and put it all on your young goaltender uh, was a mistake. But I will say this. I believe probably likely Samsonov, Ovechkin, the entire Capitals have moved on from that gaffe. And uh, they're going to come out uh, with serious urgency. Why? Because they need to have it. But for the Bruins, they need to match that urgency. They need to make believe, and this is, this is not their first rodeo, as you guys know. They must believe that they're the ones that are down two games to one. They have to match that urgency the Caps are going to come out with tonight. Yeah, yeah, you know, Linda, we talk about that because this is a team that I trust. I trust the Bruins' DNA. They've been there before. But I think what's really put me over the top was Donnie Sweeney at the deadline. You know, Taylor Hall, Riley, all, all bringing in these guys. But Taylor Hall in particular woke up a second line. Like what you've some, you've seen Taylor Hall play all these years. Yeah. But what you're seeing right now, you're seeing a guy that's not on Buffalo anymore, right, this year. Right. Really. <laughs> Put that under the headache. You're not on Buffalo anymore. <laughs> I like that. That should be on a T-shirt. I mean it. Um, so anyway, <laughs> pass it around the dressing room. Uh, <laughs> No, but that's it. I mean, when we go into it, I mean, you guys, listen, you have the perfection line, right? Yeah. But, you know, you need, but in hockey, you need more than one line, even if that line is perfect, okay? And that was always the weakness with this team, secondary scoring. And bringing Taylor Hall in, nobody could predict it, not even Don Sweeney, who, by the way, yeah, should be executive of the year for this move. Um, nobody could predict. I know Bruins fans were kind of like, okay, let's see what he's got, you know, that kind of thing. You didn't know what you were going to get. Never thought he would reawaken David Krejci, who's yeah. been out of this world, out of this world, 
I mean, I cannot believe how good he's been. And then, of course, what it meant for Craig Smith. And and so that line is is amazing. It's hail- right now, guys. You know, I don't want to jinx anything because I did pick the Bruins to come not only win this division, win the, this series, but to come out of the East. I have that much faith in this core group and this team. Uh, but right now, you're looking at you know Con uh, Smythe type uh, of performances so far. It's early from like a Brad Morshan and a Taylor Hall. Yeah. Yeah, Linda, my colleague who you just spoke with, Lou Merloni, believes that if the Bruins win tonight, it's over. No, it's I think it's over. He's already got them over. Oh, he's ar- he already yeah. thinks it's over. So, no, so they're yeah. just, Linda, they're I'm just, just going scouting through. Carolina. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just scouting Carolina tonight. I've moved on. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, you're not like players taking it, you know, where we're in the moment. We're taking game by game. I don't have game. to be. You, Lou, Lou you, you're like the media. You're the media man now. Yeah. You're like, hey, I got to look ahead. I got to scout. <laughs> I got to right, yeah. worry. I, I, you know. I get this one's in the can. I got to move on. Yeah, and far be it from Boston to ever get overconfident when it comes to sports. Thanks a lot, Tom Brady. But at this point, you know, I, I, it's the, the thing that sticks out to me is the fact that the Bruins are up two one, but they've only led for seven minutes in the series. Mm-hmm. And you and you spoke to what I've been thinking about with your first comments about trying to match the Capitals' urgency because they're probably going to come out like their skates and their hair are on fire tonight. So do you think the Bruins also need to worry about Washington being more physical tonight? Like, is this the game where Tom Wilson decides to flip the script and say, you know, like, the hell with it. I'm going to do something to really throw the Bruins off tonight. Right. Well, Tom Wilson better watch himself. But remember in game one, obviously, Nick Dowd winning in overtime for Washington. How did they set that tone? They did it with their physicality. And everyone was shocked because they look at these two rosters and they go, wait, wait, who's the more physical team? Isn't it the Bruins? Wow. Washington, like, just like, hey, gave them a taste of their own medicine. But I think Bruce Cassidy and company will have his team ready. Uh, they're going to know the core group inside the dressing room, you know, the Bergerons, the Marchands, you know, uh, even Pasternak. They're going to be ready. They understand um, what the Capitals bring, and the Capitals can be physical when they want to be, and we saw that. Um, but Tom Wilson, you just because you brought him out, I mean, the guy, even though we know his history, I mean, it's well documented, but the guy has skill and talent, and he needs to focus in on that because they need to, uh, you know, generate some offense. But, you know, I, I like your, well, obviously I like the guy in your net, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, listen, it's going to be tough tonight. I mean, 12 straight playoff games between these two resa- resulting in one goal result? One goal. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. Three would, straight overtime? Yeah, I would guess a one-goal game tonight. <laughs> you know, I, it doesn't look like either one of these. Why not overtime? Hey, yeah, I'm sure. thrilled. Why not overtime again? You brought up uh, Brad Marchand, and we know how great a player he is, and he's had a phenomenal year. There's, a, there's no uh, denying that. And yet in the last two games, you still see the old Marshy where he goes out there and he gets a dumb penalty. Two in game yeah. two, one in game three. Uh, one of them cost him in, in game three. And the, the thing that's irritating, Linda, is that it comes after the play is over. It's almost like he needs to be able to show the other person, I'm going to get that stick up on your neck. I'm going to do something to you. As opposed to basically staying out on the ice and not hurting his team. How do you feel about it? Yeah, you know, uh, who can get inside of Brad Marchand's head? I don't know. I can't. But I know this. That's the way he plays. And guess what? It's worked for him. I mean, he's three points shy of his 100th NHL playoff point. The guy needs it. It's like some guys are wired differently. If you told Brad Marchand, hey, I can't do that. What you're telling me to do is going to affect my entire game. And you're going to be like, 
all right, there's more good than bad. I'll take that risk. And I think that's what we're dealing with here with Brad Marchand. And he won't be the first and he's not going to be the last that is wired like that, especially in the postseason. That's what makes him so great. And I think that's how Bruce Cassidy and company handles what do you think? You think Bruce Cassidy, he's probably repeating to himself what you're just saying. Thank God we need this guy. He scores clutch goals, but why does he make these stupid, stupid decision make, you know, uh, decisions that cost the, our team and puts uh, him in the penalty box? But he's not going to say that out loud. But he says, you know what? There's more good than bad. I'm just going to deal with mm-hmm. it. And we just all have to be ready. Linda, the worst thing that ever happened to Tuka Rask was what Tim Thomas did in 2011 in the Stanley Cup run. Because now it's like no matter what this guy does, and, and listen, there's been moments, I understand the past, where you know, I had a flu, we missed a game, and even I think it yeah. was, a, you know, whatever it was, um, international hockey, the same thing. But is it fair? Because it seems like if he doesn't win a cup, then we'll never look at him as a great goalie for this team. Well, that's true, and that's how we feel in every sport, correct? I mean, you have to win a championship, you know, especially like NFL quarterbacks, things like that, you know, uh, quarterbacks that were made to win more than one and don't, you know. I look at Aaron Rodgers, and I go, wait a minute, or Drew Brees, who retired, I go, wait a minute. Everyone was saying, oh, they're going to win multiple uh, Super Bowls, blah, blah, blah. Uh, One, you know, come on. So I feel like that's that's underachieving. I really do. So when you look at the goaltending position, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Um, until I found out all the details, but in the bubble last, I don't have to remind you guys, Tuka Rask, the morning of a uh, playoff game, uh, but then we found out later, and I don't know why the information took so long to get out from Don Sweeney and company. That was a family situation, a serious one at the time, at, you know, because I was looking at it like, you know, as a former player, not at that level, but just like, how do you leave your team on the day of a playoff game? I don't understand. But again, we signed out later with a family situation. So to your point about Tuca, can the team depend on him? Uh, I think he knows all about that, having, uh, you know, not found success the way that could lift his resume. But I think people know he's one of the uh, most elite goaltenders in the NHL and the team. The way they play in front of him, they know he'll be there for them. And, and nine times out of ten, Tukarask has been there for the Bees. On the subject of talented Bruins, Linda, that we may want to be concerned about, at least in my case, is David Pasternak. You know, we were talking yes. earlier, and I agree completely with the idea that it's difficult to ask Brad Marchand to change his game because that's what he does, get in their heads. He's very offensively talented, but he loves living under his opponent's skin. Whereas David Pasternak, if I could just get him to dial in and be half as edgy and half as focused as as an Andrew Marchand, a, a, a Brad, excuse me, Brad Marchand, I feel like it would change his game. But it seems like he he just like he's just out there sometimes. Uh, does that concern you? And how would you approach that? Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys know this. The postseason, it's like a different league. It's a different game than the regular season. I mean, look at some of the elite goal scorers in the league right now. I know it's a small sample size, but you're you're looking at, let's look at Edmonton and look at Connor McDavid, who only had one or two shots on goal. This is a guy that had 105 points during the regular season in 56 games, and he only had two shots on goal, I believe, against the Winnipeg Jets in game one. And, you know, he has yet to find success with all that talent and ability put the puck in the net and share the puck in the postseason. You know, sometimes players that just excel in the regular season, okay, can it takes a little more time to adjust in the postseason. Plus, the guy has so much talent, he's being smothered, blanketed, and covered differently than he would be in the regular season. So I think he has too much talent. Um, and you know what? He's got good, a good group around him. 
uh, and, and um, not only talent-wise, but able to calm his nerves and know that it's not always going to depend on him. That's the thing. That's why Taylor Hall is fitting so well. He hasn't come to this team thinking, oh, my God, I'm the guy. I have to put the puck in the net. I got to do this. I got to do it, you know, upside down. No, he's surrounded by talented players. And I think, one, you know, David Postenock, that's going to help him as he progresses. And it's not like the guy's 35 years old. I mean, you know what? He's enjoy him. Every team in the league would love to have a David Postenock in this situation. We're talking to Linda Kuhn from uh, ESPN, talking about the uh, Bruins and the Capitals tonight. Now, you mentioned you liked the Bruins from the uh, start of this in the East. We yes. had uh, we had Pierre Maguire on last week, and he loves the winner of the Stanley Cup to come out of that Western division. So here's the problem I have with this. How the hell do we know? The East has only yeah. played the East. The Central has only played the Central. All of the Canadian teams have only played the Canadian teams. And, oh, yeah, in the East, you've had the Sabres and the Devils to beat up on. How do we know how these teams are going to fare when they get outside their division? I don't know about you, but I don't have a crystal ball. But I do know this. Before the uh, season began, I picked Vegas to win the Cup. And, again, when the divisions were realigned, I picked Boston to come out of the East. Now, I feel, and this is big, for Vegas and just kind of like just predicting or whatever it takes, they have the toughest test. The East is tough. I mean, no, you can make a case that's the toughest division. Um, but in the West, you know, Vegas right now up two games to one. They're like clawing the Minnesota Wild. Wild has been their kryptonite. If they can survive the Wild in the first round, that will, I believe, get them ready to face arguably the best team in hockey and the Colorado Avalanche. If somehow, some way for Vegas fans that the Golden Knights can survive the Colorado Avalanche and get out of the West Division, I, if I'm on Vegas, I'm like, I'm, I could go either two ways. I'm like, oh, my God, thank the Lord. I mean, now I, I think we got this, you know. And then on the other hand, I'd be like, all right, oh, don't be overconfident because we just beat the best team in hockey in Colorado and our kryptonite in Minnesota Wild. So to Pierre's point about the East and, and you know, about the West, that he thinks they're coming out of the West, you have to worry that they're going to be so drained, so physically exhausted, and we've seen it all the time in, in the National Hockey League in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's always about the journey and the road. This journey is unorthodox. This is weird. You yeah. know, they've played each other, you know, in the own division. We don't know they, the long form to answer your question. We don't know, but boy, has this been a fun ride so far. And, you know, nothing's changed, right? I mean, I think it's been even more intense because the first two rounds, these teams know each other so well. Somebody was asking me today, they're like, Linda, it seems like everyone's fighting. And they usually don't do that in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I go, you're right. They really yeah. usually don't. There's more physicality, but they're not dropping the gloves. I feel a lot has carried over from the regular season to the postseason. Yeah, and you see that the officials seem to be letting them go for a while and then making yeah. sure if they split off, we're good. We can continue the game right now. And they're not even sending two guys into the box. I got one more question for you, uh, and it's a personal one. How did you feel? Because uh, i got to believe Barry Melrose and Linda Cohn are excited. Barry Melrose is going to get more than two minutes a night on Sports <laughs> Center now that ESPN has the NHL back. But you're a big hockey fan. You tell me, how did you feel when you found out ESPN had the NHL again? Well, I've done my uh, part over the million of years I've been at ESPN, you know, got there since 92. I've been there long enough to know when the, ESPN, when the NHL was on ESPN, okay? Um, I've had, you know, I've held the torch. I've left the light on, um, you know, that kind of thing to, you know, for Gary Bettman to see. And, you know, and it's happened. And I'm just really pumped up. And I already see the changes. And we don't even have the, the product yet, you know, in our ownership. Yeah. It begins in October. 
But, I mean, I hosted the Late Sports Center from L.A. last night. I mean, I've seen it on ESPN.com. It's, uh, you know, we we had tons of hockey on, uh, and Barry wasn't even a part of the show. You know, so uh, it's great, and it's going to be good for both, for ESPN and their family of networks, as well as the National Hockey League, because once ESPN has a product, I mean, nobody helps the sport grow better than ESPN. Linda, it's always great talking with you, and we appreciate your time today. Have a good one. Hey, thanks for having me. Enjoy the game tonight. We We will. will. Thank you. Thank you. Linda Cohn.